0: This episode is sponsored by Tonda. I started using Tonda last year because I, like so many of us, really missed going to restaurants during lockdown. With Tonda, you can receive restaurant quality fresh pasta every single week. All their produce is locally sourced where possible and their eco-friendly packaging means that you can indulge with a guilt-free conscience Plus, if, like me, you struggle to find the time to make elaborate meals, then fear not, because every single delivery is designed to be made in under five minutes, so it's completely fuss-free. So what are you waiting for? Sign up to Nonatonda today and use the code PASTA1, that's P-A-S-T-A, number one, to enjoy 50% of your first two deliveries. Thank you so much to Nonatonda. Welcome to The Uncertainties, the podcast for 20-somethings who don't quite have their shit together yet. I'm your host, Karis, and I started this podcast because the last few years have been a huge learning curve for me. Entering the world of work, moving out of my family home, trying, and often failing, to live up to the challenges of being a fully-fledged adult. It can be overwhelming at the best of times, and I know that I'm not the only person who feels like this because I'm going to be speaking to a bunch of my friends and people that I admire about the struggles that they have faced and how they are able to absolutely smash life. I am so excited to be taking the uncertainties international today because my guest is from the land of Oz. At only 24 years old, she's already making waves in the radio, film and television industry. She previously studied film and television on the Gold Coast in the hopes of pursuing her passion to produce content that champions authentic Australian stories. However, Having been one of the unfortunate many to lose their jobs when COVID first hit, lockdown was no easy transition to say the least. But it did provide Hannah with an opportunity to reflect on exactly what she wanted to achieve from life and set herself out to get it. Her goal is to one day work alongside government screen bodies to bring local content from script to screen. And given that she's already held prestigious positions at film companies, including Electric and Umbrella Entertainment, I think she's well on her way to surpassing that goal. So welcome, Hannah.
1: G'day. Oh my God, that was such an elite introduction. I absolutely loved that. And it feels so good to be international as well. I know. I know we were just like saying it's like 2018 we were in LA and we were like hanging out and now we're just like confined to our house but I am so excited to be here I'm a big fan of the show
0: I'm so excited also I'm already flipping out that you just started by saying g'day I'm like yes (laughs) this is exactly the Australian content that I wanted
1: (laughs) this is what they need we're gonna get into it it.
0: you know what the fans want. you're doing it I love it so much (laughs)
1: absolutely it's really funny someone told me to lead with that actually when we were in a bar in Cannes, they were like if you're australian you need to lead with g'day like you need to make it known and apparent that you're australian because people love that
0: people love it so it's it's really
1: strange yeah it's crazy people like adore us overseas it's like diabolical
0: (laughs) and it is genuinely going to take every fiber of my being to not try and do an australian accent myself because i will probably slip into it at times and for that i do apologize (laughs)
1: no cause that's okay because I do the same thing I do the same thing and I get called out for being a chameleon because like I'll just try to like the British accents and everyone's like what the heck was that like don't like stop
0: be that yourself good <laughs> um I love the fact that it's international waters it is nine actually it's not nine anymore it's 9 30 a.m here in London it is what 7 30 for you in Sydney it
1: is caught it's 8 40 p.m like you can see outside
0: yeah, oh I God know. Eight
1: forty in the evening. Don't worry. Wow. I'm like, a, I'm a night person. I'm a night. Uh, I never sleep. Um, but yeah, we had like a pretty terrible day of weather here. It was just raining and kind of pretty dismal. But that's all right. Yesterday I mean, was beautiful. We had the sun, and yeah, we're heading into summer,
0: so like that's fun. <laughs> if there's anything that's going to resonate with the British audience more it is Mm. days of rain but um, obviously you are a radio host you're a presenter how does it feel to now flip the roles and be on the other side being the interviewee are you scared are you excited are you nervous how do you feel
1: I'm like nervous like I'm excited nervous (laughs) because I was saying this to mates and I was like oh hey like I'm going on my friends like podcast Karis like I'm super excited they're like yeah that'll be good and I was like oh my God, like, what do I say? Like, I think the best part about being an interviewer is that you ask the question and then you just get to sit and nod and smile and be encouraging. And now I've got to like, try to like hold myself, have the conversation. Like, am I really that interesting? Like, are you sure you want me here? I don't know. So um, it's kind of scary. It's (laughs) kind of scary, but it's fun. And so, um, yeah, first time for everything.
0: Hey, I'm so happy that we get it's like opportunity to catch up as well because it has as you said been like a good three years since we last saw each Mm. other in person so I feel like there is so much to talk about I also do not want this entire podcast to be like a comparison between (laughs) London and Sydney (laughs) however what is the situation of like lockdown and Covid over there how are things what because I think you just mentioned before this that you've come from Melbourne that had a really intense lockdown and is still in lockdown and Sydney's Mm. kind of starting to emerge out of it is
1: that right totally so I've been like living in Melbourne for the last like two and a half three years and that was amazing I loved it but we have Melbourne like google this it's like the longest lockdown in the world it's been crazy so it was oh, really yeah. intense um we're still not allowed to travel like I haven't seen my mum in two years she lives in Queensland beautiful sunny Queensland um so hopefully by Christmas I'll get to see her which will be lovely
0: Oh my God, that's so sad. You haven't seen your mother Yeah, too. right. I didn't realize that. Um, because we both work in film sales and distribution, we used to see each other a lot at film festivals. I feel like I could be completely wrong because my memory is terrible, but I think the first time we met each other, is it was it in LA, in Santa Monica or was it in Cannes? No,
1: it was in Cannes because I remember this, you were like this coolest girl at the party and I was like miniature me trying to like meet all these people and it was the first time i had like i had been to berlin prior and then like i was coming back and i'd met everyone and i just remember like everyone had known each other and like you just had this like amazing energy and i was like holy fucking oh sorry can i swear on this podcast holy heck i was like holy heck (laughs) this guy is so elite it was so cool and then that was the funniest memory and we had like such a good time and we went out and it was like a wild one but i really want to share my favorite memory of you was when we were (laughs) at la We were in LA. There's so many memories. We were in LA and you had your own. You were like, oh my God, my company's put me up in the sickest hotel room. I love this. I love this. And you like took us into your hotel room and it was beautiful. And you're like, look at all the free food I'm getting. And we were like, Karis, that's the mini fridge. Like they're going to charge you for that. And you had gone through the whole like bar. You had gone through all the snacks and you were like, no, that's not going to come up. We were like, Karis, you were going to get charged like hundreds of dollars for all of this food you've eaten. You were like, oh, well. So you went down and you paid your bill before your boss could see it. I think that's what happened. And I couldn't (laughs) stop laughing.
0: Oh my God.
1: Like, i remember that naivety it was so funny.
0: oh my god the yeah. naivety that i had i was like i literally the fact i tell that story to so many people and they're like how dumb are you that like it's like literally the number one rule when you go to a hotel so so oh, it
1: was so funny and i remember for some reason we thought we could like live like kings and queens so like we were going out for like with catalina and i were going out for like expensive oyster dinners and like we just ordered dozens and dozens of oysters and stuff and it was so fun and i remember like we just like because like you're work with all of these like you're working with like the heads of entertainment right like distribution like they make all these important decisions and we were like what intern assistant type characters (laughs) and I remember once I walked into your office and like we were like working at a hotel offices which are pretty cool and I remember like I came in and I was like carrying all of these like papers and you were like sat your office was like sat in the bathroom and you were sitting on the toilet on your laptop and I was like how do we like how do we why are we acting like we have money like we don't like we don't need to live (laughs) these expensive lifestyles and so your office was the toilet and I was just like a pack horse carrying all this stuff (laughs) for other people
0: that's so funny but what I was gonna say is um when I first met you I was just like oh my god this girl is so funny so smart and so wise beyond her years I was like I cannot for the life of me believe I was I thought you were older than me for sure I was like (laughs) when I found out that you were only like 20 21 I was like how the hell I was like out there as as you've already established being a mess of a person (laughs) and you were just like so composed and just like so cool like where do, where does that come from do you feel like you're the type of person who like loves to challenge themselves and loves to put themselves in uh themselves sorry in uncomfortable positions
1: 100 i thrive in being uncomfortable <laughs> because you need to get used to stuff and the first time i met electric was like crazy because I was really lucky in film school. I I got to write and direct like a film. This is like a little like backstory for it. But I wrote and directed a film and it got into like Berlin. Like it got into like a little short corner, short film festival. And that's why I went to Berlin. And that was accompanied with, yeah. And that was accompanied with the fact that my friend Rose had found this internship opportunity to go and work at like the European film market. And I was like, oh, I'll try that. And I met Electric and I met Andrew and like Christiana. And I met like a whole bunch of amazing people and like clicked with them. And for me, I never knew anything about distribution and sales. And so I saw this world of like glitz and glamour and travel and dinners and like, just like acting really swanky. And I was like, Oh my God, I love this. Like, this is great. Like who wants to like work 50 hours on a film set when you can just buy and sell films? Like what? Like, I'm kidding. So I go into that and then they invited me back to Palm, which was crazy. And then they invited me back to LA. And like, by that point I went from intern to like international assistant and they like started paying me for it. And I was like, this is wild, like this is really cool. And so I've always been ambitious and like, it's just me and my mom, like she's a single mother and like always growing up, she tried to give me the best, but she always said like, if you wanna go far, like, you know, you really do have to work for it. And so I became like fiercely independent. Like I always wanted to work in film or just creative industries. And she was like, oh, like try law. And I was like, no. So um, I was like, absolutely not. And so, like, yeah, I just kept building it. And I think, like, through the experiences of, like, travel, all the, like, festivals and markets and just people I met, I was like, this is what I want to do. And so when I moved to Melbourne, I got my first distribution job and it sucked, sucked so bad. Like, it was good. They promised me the world. And I was like, I uh, no, now. Um, and then, like, again, COVID got me, like, rethinking of, like, what do you actually want to do? And so I started connecting with, like, people on LinkedIn and reaching out to all these companies. And that's what moved me to Sydney and I realized that I want to work in film and TV. I want to change the way that Australian cinema and television is happening because we have no good exports. Like when's the last time anyone in the UK or globally watched any good Australian content? So that's my dream. And like, I'm just so focused on that and I've always been loud, but now I've known how to channel that energy into sounding smart, because I always wanted to try, you know, be the person I am, but also, you know, carry myself well, because it's really hard. I think it's like any woman, a young woman in any industry, Ever, it's really hard to compose yourself, and I just wanted to be respected. And I wanted people to go, okay, don't be ageist. Yes, she's only twenty-four, but she's got this business plan, and it makes sense. And so now that's kind of coming to fruition, where I'm like setting up my own like company and just like starting on the groundwork, just as a side hustle, but it's it's working, and it gets me excited about the future and what can be achieved. So yeah, it's is cool. So which is really cool well, to talk about.
0: It's so cool. It's so so cool, and it's such a quality. And it sounds like it's something that was really instilled in you. From your mom, who sounds like an incredible mm. figure in your life.
1: It will change from time to time. One day you want to be a director, and next you want to be like the head of like the Australian film and TV industry. I don't know, like, but things just change. And it's just riding those waves and then figuring out what you're good at and figuring out what makes sense mm. and building on that. Because I don't have anything figured out. So like to be honest. Like yesterday I was hungover. So like, again, today I'm like, yes, back to business. And so I've been studying today and I'm gonna go do my master's of business administration, my MBA. Oh wow. So, I'm trying to thank you so I, I just actually recently I got accepted this week into the school I really wanted oh my God, so it's really exciting yeah. yeah and so thank you so it's a couple like you know my creative side with the business side I think it's going to be a really good thing to have down the line yeah
0: totally, totally. yeah it's like
1: really like what people say invest in yourself right that's weird in, mm.
0: where do you think I'm just I'm so curious to understand like how that passion and love for storytelling came about.
1: I think like movies are so interesting because you grow up watching them. And so for me, like, I guess this is like my sad story Masterchef moment of like how I got there. But like, again, single mother, it was just my mom and I, and my mom was a beautician and she had her own salon and stuff. And then I got to an age where it's like, you know, you don't go to daycare. You can stay at home by yourself. Cause like, you're like, you're, you're a young teen. Mm. And so like, what I would do is I would just like, I got to ride my bike down to like, you know, like the civic video or DVD rental store. And I just, like, I would just spend my days watching that. And, like, if I ever had friends over, it would be, like, go to the DVD store, pick up the latest DVDs that we wanted. And I was just obsessed. And, like, there was, like, one or two that I would just... You know Hairspray, the musical movie? I would just rent that.
0: I I was obsessed. I watched it. I know all of the behind the scenes of that. I used to, like, learn all the dances.
1: (laughs) It was ridiculous. It got to the point where I think I rented out that DVD so many weekends in a row that I was just, like... I don't know. Like, if I was my mother in she saw me buying that over and over. It's like, just buy me the goddamn hard copy. (laughs) Like, like it was ridiculous. (laughs) Come on, mom. (laughs) Yeah, come on, mom. What are you talking about? This is an investment here. And so I was just always obsessed. And then like, I guess like, you know, when you're young, everyone wants to be famous and you want to be a dancer and a singer. And then I realized I couldn't sing and I couldn't act. And I was like, what else is there? (laughs) And so like, there was film and TV class in high school. And it was so funny. I remember like when I told my mom I wanted to, I found a bachelor of like film and TV. Like you can go to university to study film. Like no one told me that. And my mom went to my homeroom teacher, who in mind is a P, like sports teacher. And mom was like, do you think she's cut out for this whole film thing? And he's like, I don't think I'm cut out to have this conversation. Like, I have no idea. And she was like, all right, cool. We're just going to like ride that wave. And um, in my senior year of high school, the university I went to had like a student for a semester program and get this. It was really cool. So high school seniors could go to the university and do one class and like participate in the university, like, like degree um, and you'd get credit points that would then transfer over. So when you graduated high school and went to university, like you already did that class. And so I did two of those. And like, I did really well. Like I dedicated all of my extra time outside of high school to that. And then from doing that, made good connections with the university that when I applied for the scholarship, I got it. And so that was when mom was like, okay, well, she kind of likes this film thing. And so I did the Bachelor of Film and TV, got my scholarship and like just kind of always like killed it. And I was that girl in like university class. that like had her like, oh, what did I say? To a fight with a boy one day because I was like, if you're going to make a movie, you've got to act like you're winning an Oscar. Like I was like on like I was such an asshole. I was just like, treat everything like you're going to make an Oscar. Like if you don't care, like you're not working with me. And so like a lot of people didn't like me at uni because I just like walked around with my nose held high being like, no, I don't think your work's cut out. Like, no, not that. But I mean, like it paid off because I was like, (laughs) well, now I'm doing the stuff I want to do. Like none of my films were very good. I was obviously just being a brat of like a producer who knew that I would be wanted to be a producer then. But it worked.
0: <laughs> I mean, you're saying that, but also you you did get your student film into Berlin Film Festival, which is thank huge. you. Like so many long experienced filmmakers struggle to get their films into, into film festival. So the fact that you did that, girl, you were definitely on the rad track. <laughs> did you used to make like little films? Because I know, I think for me, I always think about this. I'm like, oh, how did I start getting into um, like kind of the creative process, I guess, of being like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm young and I want to do something. And I remember making, I like, I mean, still to this day, to be honest with you, I'm not even going to lie. I love making music videos. Oh my
1: <laughs> and it was God, something I love- that I
0: loved doing when I was like, with my friends if they were going to come over because i was quite lucky that i lived around quite a lot of like forest like woodland so they would oh, come perfect. over and then we would like film film these really epic uh music videos for, like leon lewis bleeding love and it would be like i can't bleed it and it was like me <gasps> with some leaves like slow mo and i'd put it in CPR because i thought that was really edgy and I mm, would, like, love doing that. yet <laughs> Exactly, exactly. And, like, I thought okay. it was so cool. And I would, like, like I would spend all of my spare time doing it and then I'd show my sister after. And um, I think that probably, <laughs> in retrospect, I feel like that was probably when I was, like, yeah, okay, you want to, like, kind of, you, you enjoy the Create. process of, like, creating and, like, making videos and being ridiculous but do you think that you ever had we did you do that kind of stuff when you were younger as well
1: I 100% did as well I think like there was a girl called Paige does it, it exist I, on I'm the internet
0: tell- for everybody to see that's <laughs> what I'm trying
1: well, to ask. 100% yes it does and I'm not going to tell you where it is because it's still there and I can't <laughs> access the YouTube account and it's so embarrassing so we oh thought that God. we could like obviously become like YouTube stars and so we were like film all these skits and I got my license and so we put like a dash cam up and we thought we'd do like our own thing stuff karaoke in the car and like we would do all the oh my god don't tell stuff. me
0: you you invented yeah. carpool karaoke
1: I totally did hear it here first I don't know like oh yeah
0: god. that's
1: it yeah god forbid like in years to come if they're like she claimed that she started carpool karaoke no I didn't but like I definitely tried to do my own thing um so yeah like YouTube videos and stuff there was this weird like online okay, this, it's like one of those like weird chat rooms that we had like back in the early 2000s where you could like stream. And so like, I would just like go and I would try to do like CD reviews. So like, I would like hold up my CD being like, this is like Rihanna, like we're going to talk about S&M. I'm like in my teens, like I'm a child. Let's unpack these song. lyrics. <laughs> yeah, let's unpack these lyrics. I might be bad, but I'm perfectly good at it. Okay, well, like I'm not good at reading, but like I got an A in class. It's like, that's not, what, that's not what that is, but like good try. So I don't know, like I always just love that. And I think, you know, being like a, Kara's like a big like loud personality it was yes. just always like yeah you just kind of I don't know it was just always like a creative threshold that I wanted to do and it was for me it was like obviously like as day that if you love something like as a hobby you can make that a job mm. and so everyone would be like oh like you've got to have like reality and dreams and I was like no like I want to do that So I'm going to do that and people make money so like I'll find a way to do that but I never woke up one day I, I don't know I say this to my friends I'm like who wakes up one day and goes I'm going to be an accountant like all right like are you that like passionate about like money potentially like that's cool, but this is what I'm passionate about and so that's for me I just couldn't not do it
0: Uh, you did also say that you want to bring a lot of like local Australian content because you said Mm. well you're you kind of talk a lot about the fact that there's not a lot of kind of Australian export that is kind of outstanding however I will say home and away neighbors and married at first sight for me (laughs) For me, Married at First like Lockdown, was everything.
1: So I actually... Have you seen the last season with the girl that's, like, obsessed with pink?
0: No. See, I think we're, I think we're in like, a good two or three years behind you for some reason. I don't know why. Really? Are, yeah. Are you watching
1: the Australian? You're watching the Australian one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. So the last one that um, we so- watched...
0: Oh, my God. I need to find it now. It was, like... So there was, like, Davina and Dean. That was a really <sighs> crazy one. Just amazing. Just amazing. But... Um, so... <laughs>
1: The new season, I'll give you like a little sneak peek if you're that obsessed. Like like, the new season's got a girl called Georgia Fairweather and we went to university together. And she is like wild. She's like, she's like obsessed with pink and she's just like totally obsessed with pink, like everywhere. And she works in like cryptocurrency. I won't give too much away, but like she's hilarious because we all watched the show and we knew her and it's just wild. And then I was talking to her about it and like she was discussing like the producers of the show and she comes from like a pretty wealthy family and they'll explain that. Um, in this series but like they tried to get her to have like an affair on the show for 10 grand and she was like absolutely not I'm not doing that and so now I'm currently working for the company that does Married First Sight and so it's really interesting like hearing all the ins and outs and behind the scenes of reality tv it's wild it's wild it. I, so I honestly little, really wonder my little my little connection
0: oh my god that is so fascinating wow this could be a whole podcast episode in itself I would love to know the ins and outs of how they it's your first sight back to Australian content back to Australia what, what yeah. is the what do you think is the what are the stories sorry should I say that you feel are underrepresented or have not yet been told that you would mm. like to bring to to audiences
1: audiences i think it's not i mean we have a really good sector in terms of you know there's a lot of minority groups shown throughout our like web series and tv shows and films however my problem is is it the, the sort of quality that's there so we have a lot of like films that are coming out about the the outback and our landscape, and you know, our First Nations people, and that is all so important. But what I'm seeing a lack of is like the creativity and that quality of cinema that looks like a Netflix special, or it looks mm. like it's like HBO branded, or we can put it on a cinema across the world and people will see that. And so it's hard as well because we have such a small, like a creative population, mm. and at the moment, Netflix, Amazon. Um, Binge, HBO, they're all coming over here. And what they're doing is they're bringing their international creatives and there's actually no voice for young aspiring writers, directors and producers to get their things made because the independent market here is just not happening because we're getting all these Netflix, Disney conglomerates. And so I think there's a lot of content out there that can be spoken for and that needs to be represented but it's not happening. Like we don't have the Squid Games. We don't have like you know in Scandinavia, like in the Scandinavian countries, like now they're doing all these like cool a noir like sort of like crime yeah. things and it's sick. But like, we don't have that in Australia. We have nothing. We get one film every like 10 or so years that like hits like, you know, the international market. And it's kind of like, oh, that was cute. Pat on the back for Australia. Like, that's good. We have mm-hmm. no export. And I don't know what that export is yet. But I'm trying to find it and I'm trying to find a market that we can tap into because I've got a lot of creative people around me and I hear their scripts and I hear you know their pictures and I go that's good but our government as well and I like our governing screen bodies aren't giving that to the people like they're not allowing us to make that content why I, I don't know like they're just trying to hit all their quotas and so we've got things like home and away and neighbors which I'm glad you love and you're obsessed with. <laughs> but australia australian audiences aren't tuning into that because if yeah, i wanted to watch home on a way i'd go down to the beach and i'd watch all the bogans that are just fine. hanging out there and i'd like get in on their lives and in fact i do that at the train i do that at the bus stop like it's fine so i'm just trying to like regroup and think how can we get a more you know a younger audience through and we're doing good in the reality space but drama scripted it's just not happening no, that's okay. And the last thing that we did was I got to work on a show called Clickbait. I don't know if you saw Quickbait on Netflix.
0: I much my, so yes. my parents watched it, and my mum loved it, like to the point where she was staying up until kind of four four a.m. Watching. Great. It. She found it so addictive.
1: Okay, believe it or not, that's an Australian showrunner, Australian writer, Australian directors, international cast. I guess that's fine, but the whole show looks American. No one's going to know that that was ever produced and created in melbourne Mm. and that's what it was and no one knows that and that's fine like we can have those shows that look american and stuff like that but it's like there was no sort of encompassing like this is australian it's like it was just there was nothing there and our culture is really weird like we have we think we're the funniest people in the world (laughs) the world thinks we're kind of funny but like there's a huge there's literally a huge gap between our country and like ours like it's crazy but we need to somehow bridge that yeah it's wild
0: fascinating i'm just wondering like all of those things that you're saying, do you think that it's Mm. like a lack of, uh, when it comes to the quality, which I think is Mm. where uh, the problem lies, do you think that comes from like a lack of funding, a lack of opportunity, or probably just like a mixture of all of that?
1: Totally, I think it comes from a lack of funding. I think it comes from a lack of, you know, people like doorways, like open doorways. Um, Mm. I think it comes from a lack of, you know, just also people, because people know that there's no opportunity there. People aren't putting that forward. So there's like great scripts and great stuff out there, but like, it's just not finding its way into where it does. And if it does, it gets stopped in its tracks because it's too expensive
0: for an independent
1: film. It's too hard to make because it's a, like, I don't know, like a sort of drama scripted TV show. And so it's just not getting the opportunity because a lot of our funding has gone to studios owned by Fox, Mm -hmm. owned by Disney, and then they go, oh, we've got the next Marvel film coming here. Um, So we actually have no space for independent films right so there's so many different factors so my kind of plan was is I've got this like acquisitions development company idea where we would take sort of like you know finished projects help them get distributed help them with the festival circuit build that up and then it's kind of like you know follow the pattern of get some festival wins in there do that and then start commissioning scripts and like looking at those scripts and like helping them get financed and funding and then from there that would just evolve and we would have a slate And then from the slate, we would like start commissioning like directors and writers on board. And then we would kind of turn it into our own production company. So it's like a 10 year plan, but I'm starting today. So by the time I'm 34, who knows where it will end up.
0: Um, there is there are a lot of like very talented Australian writers, directors. I mean, obviously you've got Baz Lerman, who's like probably one of the most notable figures. And then you've got like Nicole Kidman, Margot Robbie, Russell Crowe, although he's technically born in New Zealand, but New Zealand. Of, we still hear A, him, a ton, we ton steal him. Australian. Exactly. <laughs> are there are there any um writers, directors that for you have been like, you know, a massive inspiration?
1: From like an Australian point of view? Yeah. It's kind of hard to say, like, not really. Like, again, because I don't, I, don't, I don't know them. And that sounds really weird as an Australian being like, I don't know those creatives. But besides the ones you've kind of currently listed and then, like, a few people I personally know in, like, the TV game. Tony Ayers, actually. Tony Ayers is a huge one. He was the showrunner on Clickbait, and he just did this amazing series called The Fires. And so, like, um, uh, you know, back in 20, 2019, 2020, we had the big Australian bushfires and it kind of got, like, international headlines, and it was a really big issue, and there was so much happening with that, and he just did this sort of, like, um, series, like a a drama series about that and how people navigated their lives through the bushfires, and it's really confronting and really compelling. But Tony Ayers comes from sort of like a really interesting background where he migrated here with his family, and then he kind of built his life here. And, um, yeah, he's the stuff that he's doing with Australian, uh, you know, tv is really interesting and it's gonna make big headway he did clickbait um he also had a film that went to berlin as well when he was quite young it was a story of his life and how like he kind of grew up as like this queer asian in australia and um yeah that's good and australia it's it is really multicultural Mm -hmm. so although he has a lot of his sort of like traditional heritage and things like that in there there's this like it's the australian charm that we all do come together because no two people are alike and we are such just a mixed bag of individuals and he really brings that out in his work and that's really cool to see like he has so many different voices he's talking for um and so he's killing it and he's a good friend of mine and a dear mentor so I love Tony he's great
0: oh he sounds amazing and then yeah he's just so chill as as well Yeah. He's, he's really something
1: else. Like he always gives the right advice and he just is like, the best part about Tony is as well. I think, you know, as a young person, like we were saying, climbing up through the industry, he will give all of his time to young people. I was working in a receptionist as a, in a post house. And I worked my way up to sort of being like a coordinator and like a visual effects producer. But while I was doing that, I spent time getting Tony coffees and doing all of that, but he wanted to know everything about me and he wanted to know about everything I had done. So when I came to him and I was like, I've been to Berlin, I've been to Cannes, he's like, who is this girl and so now we keep in contact and anytime I have a question like I feel so totally comfortable calling him and asking it because he will give you the time of day if you have the right question and you want an answer he will be there for you and so he, that's really oh refreshing. God. That is refreshing. That's yeah.
0: amazing. And
1: yeah. And when you kind of go through like a shitty work environment, which I'm sure we've all been in, I know that you didn't like your boss at your company and then I didn't like mine. And, and it's like you look at the people that surround you and you go, I don't want to be like that. Yes. And it's super easy to thing and go, I don't want to be like that. I so don't want to be like you. And then you have people that are your mentors and you go, Oh my God, I want to be like you. And it's like Yeah, having a positive experience is just like it can be so refreshing. But also finding out what you don't want to be is super important too, because you can build on that.
0: Um, Please, can we talk about radio and radio hosting? Because I feel like this is such an interesting (laughs) career pivot that I am so excited that you're doing. I I I feel like it's not something that that we discussed the last time I saw you, but I know that you Mm. did study at the Australian Film and TV and Radio, or you did an Australian Film and TV and Radio course um before you did this course were you interested in radio presenting or is this something that kind of came out of like it was a product basically out of, of lockdown
1: I think it was like it was both because like I was so interested in radio personalities because in Australia we have like triple j and oh my god it's like the coolest radio station it's the coolest job and everyone wants to work for them and I do not work for them I don't think I will maybe maybe they'll interview me next who knows but, um <laughs> so it was really like it was cool and like I was really into music and I love like hip hop and rap and R&B. And I just, I listen to the radio all the time, like whether I'm in the car or when I get up in the morning, like I I just put on the radio. And for me, especially, this is going to sound like really sad, but in lockdown, when I felt like I had bad roommates, I felt like I wasn't talking to a lot of people. I didn't know what to do. So listening to the radio every day kind of put me back in like a social situation. Like I could text, I was like, I was crazy. I was like texting and calling into the radio. So like, win competitions or like answer questions or just random stuff and I loved it so much because it felt so like you had someone there with you Mm. and so I religiously just listened to the radio every single day during lockdown and I think like reflecting on that I was like oh my god that's great and so then my friends always said like god damn you talk so much like you could be a radio (laughs) presenter and like you never shut up like you always have something to say and I was like Yeah, I actually do. So I found this course and like, it was really good because in lockdown, I think it was important to try to do something that kept you busy. And so the radio course really helped me just study. And again, like Zoom calls and like seminars and like just learning something. And then from that, I finished like this little six week course, kind of got like my radio fundamentals, as they say. And then I applied for just a community radio station in Melbourne and I got it. And I was like put with this producer, Victoria. She was an absolute legend. Um... And we just, like, did radio shows all around, like, R&B, rap, like, hip-hop news, new albums coming out. And then I also got to, like, interview some of the coolest people in, like, Australian hip-hop, which, like, I was a big fan of. So, like, you get to meet idols and stuff. And then we kind of came out of lockdown a little bit. So then there was, like, free concert tickets. And it was totally, like, all community-based. And then it kind of led to more. And it was a great hobby. Like, I was never into netball or social sports. So for me, like, doing radio as a hobby felt really cool. And I think it's really important. Like, I think a lot of people really struggle to talk in new situations, right? Mm. So like when we go to like all these networking events, like you're on, you're switched on, you know who you are, you know the right things to say. And I think as much practice as you can have of that and connecting with other people, it's so important. And like, you never know the next person you're going to meet and you never know who could change your life next. And so doing hip hop and radio is just really fun. And it sounds cool. Hey, I'm Hannah and I host a hip hop radio show. Like, yeah, that's, that's fun. Like, that's fun. And I love that. I know and so it's so much fun and like the team is awesome and the music is great and it like makes me want to be connected online more and learn new things every day and just like stay up to date because it's fun and it's interesting to me and yeah it's cool
0: what are the key things that you think that you love that maybe and also things that maybe people don't realize about radio
1: Totally. So, in a lot of different, um, there's like different types of radio. Obviously, you've got like commercial where you can like add all of like you know yeah pop up ads and things like that, and you can talk about brands. We could talk about like Uber. We could talk about Lyft. We could talk about Coca Cola. And then like in a lot of instances, you can't actually like sort of like advertise on community broadcast radio or government radio. So it was really interesting learning about like the laws surrounding that that have been so set in stone, and a lot of them haven't necessarily changed mm. since the dawn of radio. Like there's still a lot of like principles and practices that people use. Um, You learn about microphones, you learn about interviewing people. And I felt like that was really important because a lot of the time I felt like when I was younger, I would always want to talk about me, me, me. And I always kind of, I think that's why I got so ambitious because I wanted to prove to people that I was doing things and like, look at that. And that comes from a place of anxiety, right? Mm. But then like slowing down, figuring out how to interview people and ask questions and then like When someone says something, it's important and that can lead to another question and you can learn so much more about that. So that was really rewarding um, from an interview standpoint. And then just the way that you can conduct yourself and how to speak properly. The Australian accent is very bogan. And then I think the best thing that it taught me was is that on radio, there is like in life, there are so many things that surround us in the day to day that can be a conversation for radio. So whether it's like walking down the street and I saw a dog doing something really funny or like I saw a news article or, you know, I was talking with my friend on a podcast and we were talking about international travel and like you get to learn. And so it then opens your mind to go, okay, everything is content and everything is sort of, you know, something that can be really rewarding and you can be inspired by it. And so you should look out for all those things. And again, during a time of lockdown where I just felt so narrow minded, I was enforced to like look beyond what was happening and think like everything is creativity and content and what can I find next and what's going on in the world. So it just made me more aware.
0: And That's that was fun. really lovely actually. And yeah. really refreshing. Yeah. And I imagine that is su- like, it allows you to put you in a much more like positive mindset when you are in such a, yeah like difficult and dark place and like life can feel quite mundane and repetitive um I also <laughs> wanted to chat a little bit about uncertainty because that is the theme mm. of the podcast um I think you you have actually uh, mentioned it a little bit earlier but the beginning of lockdown sounds like it was a very very tricky time for you you had just started a job when and then you were kind of uh immediately well not immediately but quite soon let go from that job because of the uncertainty around um, uh, the virus and you also kind of mentioned earlier that you are struggling with your roommates and going through a breakup so it was quite a lot to be dealing with at a time where the world was already very uncertain and everyone was just like what the hell is going on how, just like I would love to hear a bit more about that time and like how you felt and
1: yeah it was really hard because like it was the first breakup that I had gone through that felt really serious and like, you know, I was like 23, well, was so old, but like it was that first heartbreak where you're like, oh my God, yeah. like it was killed. And like, I felt really hurt and I got really hurt. And then like, I went to like my roommates who were the only people that I thought that, you know, I could talk to about it because I thought we were friends, like we were roommate mates, yeah. but they were like, we could have told you that, like that guy was trash. Like he treated you really badly. It's your own fault. And I was like, whoa, like, whoa, reality check. Is it me? That's the problem. And I was made to feel like it was like, my fault and I could have gotten out of it sooner and like I should have like seen the red flags and I was like but like it worked and like then it didn't and now I feel like I'm not supported because I'm being told that I'm wrong and then I've been hurt and so I had this like total loss of self and it was really really sad because I got in my head it was super hard and so then like I would talk to my friends being like what is wrong with me why is it my fault like who am I what could I have done better like how could I have gotten him back like if I wasn't so like you know controlling or if I had like you know maybe been more in the pitch I don't know like it was just a whole bunch of stuff and then making it feel like you're just like the absolute problem Mm -hmm. I was like oh my god and so I kept trying to figure out like why was I the problem and like what was going on with me and then that just like fixated into like a whole realm of anxiety of like why aren't you good enough like what's going on and then like you had to go to work and I felt tired for work because I wasn't sleeping and then I was like trying to talk to people but then I felt like they were getting bored of wanting to talk about my problems And it just sucked. Like it just was like really sad and sucky and it was like Melbourne winter and it's cold and it's rainy. And like I got home from work and I wouldn't talk to anyone and like all my good friends and family were in a different state. And then I like lost my job and I was like, oh my God, like what is going on? And so I guess like when I get into situations like that, it's really hard to like say like, oh my God, my mental health is really sucky and now I need to try to pick myself back up. But I just did what I kind of always kind of did. And it's like those who get put in tough situations have, you know, one opportunity to kind of like rebuild and go how am I going to deal with this situation and how is this situation going to build the next person that I am so like I like focused on listening to the radio I found like some study options that I wanted to do and then me because of what I had been instilled in me from my mom and working hard I offered my job because they couldn't afford to pay me and that was the reason that you know they had to let me go because they were like Mm -hmm. we don't have cash flow so I was like well I don't have a job I was like I'll come into the office twice a week and I'll work with you for free Like, I just want you to remember me. So I went in and I was still working, like, just like for free for like a few months. And they were like, you don't have to do this. And I was like, no, I want to, because if I'm not busy and if I don't have something to do, like, I don't know what's going to happen. So my boss really appreciated that. And then after a few months, he asked me back and he was like, no one, like, it's really hard to come across young people that would do something like that, like working for free. But I knew that's the industry I wanted to be in. So it kind of just felt like a, a unpaid internship. And so that helped. And then like, I put myself in a situation where I was around better people. And I think because like your self-confidence is so broken when someone wants to reach out and be your friend and go, hey, you're cool, you've done cool stuff. I found it really hard to believe. But then through meeting people that I kind of connected with more, I realized, oh, like, you know, you're actually you have all this stuff going for you and you've got to get out of this funk. So it was just like a progression of like dealing with those anxieties and insecurities and then surrounding myself with good people and like feeding my brain and like knowing what was good for me. So it's like, Skip that party this week because the alcohol and like the partying and the dancing is not going to help you because you're going to feel worse the next day. So like, get out of that mindset and then like you know focus on what you want to focus on. And if this house is really toxic, you can leave. Like you don't have to feel indebted to stay on this lease. Like you can just leave. So I left, and then I found this amazing household of people that were all artists. They were a bit older. They had gone through similar situations. So then, like connecting with them helped me do that. And then I think through just like, I got really annoyed with being angry. So I was like, I just need to channel that like energy. And so then I just like helped myself, but it's really weird reflecting on that now being like, who was that person? Why was she going through that? And now looking where I am and going, oh, well, that was kind of silly of you, but it's not silly. It's just something that happens to people and it's navigating that. And then coming out the other side and going, oh my God, I beat that. Like that was great. And I never want to be put in that situation again. And I know how to stand up for myself. And I know if I ever get into that mode again, I can fix it. So it's good
0: totally and also a hundred percent do not think that any of your thoughts and feelings were in any way silly because the, yeah there was so much that you were going through at that time to be going through a breakup to be going through like losing your job and then on top of like mm-hmm. coupled with the uncertainty of just like literally the world is so much to take on and so stressful like wow terrible. we've like kind of
1: rekindled now but it's also like not really like not in full because I've gone on to like live my best life and make myself really happy and like through that they've kind of come back but it's at a distance like I realized like you know if you want a true relationship whether it's romantic in friends or anything you have to go through a really really good thing and a really really bad thing to see how those people react and Mm -hmm. so it was like a huge I saw their red flag I was like you guys are not friends like you were really horrible and you thought you could kind of just like put me down And through that, I've learned that that's the kind of people there are. So it's so good to just get rid of them.
0: I think that also is the perfect example of setting boundaries as well. Like the fact that you're able to set that boundary, the fact Mm -hmm. that you're able to like take yourself out of that situation and not allow their opinions and thoughts of you to like define you.
1: 100%. And it sounds so easy when you say it like that, but like it took months and months to like gain confidence and like try get out. Like it's like, oh, it's absolutely crippling and it sucks. Mm. so yeah I think like again from that lesson we can learn like I would never want to feel that way again and hopefully I would never make someone feel that way
0: the other thing that I wanted to discuss is your role models but I found this so fascinating because you went for such interesting but such different people so I really wanted to like kind of dissect exactly why you chose these people because some of them i didn't even i didn't even know so one of them being david walsh but is it am i right in thinking when i googled it it said that he was um an australian professional gambler art collector and businessman is that the right person yes that
1: is wild i think he is like if you looked up the definition of narcissist in the dictionary (laughs) Uh they should have a face a big slap off face of him so he's really interesting guy because so he got really he was really mathematical and he's so smart and he used to gamble with his friends and he used to be able to like read cards and count cards in casinos he got banned from every big casino in Australia he was wild he was making so much money it was ridiculous and with all of his money he decided to open Mona and oh my lord if you ever come to Australia let it be soon I'm going to take you to Hobart Tasmania there's Australia then there's like the little island And he's got Mona, a museum of modern art. And it's just one of my favorite places on earth. Like it is just ridiculous. Like the art there is beautiful. It feels like you are like in some sort of like art culture, Disneyland that doesn't feel like you're like absolutely like kissing the feet of like consumerism. It's just beautiful. And so he built this museum to give back to Hobart, like the place where he was from. And it's just renowned worldwide. Like have a look at their website, see the stuff they do. It's cool but he also gave back to a lot of other people and so he was known as this asshole and he treated a lot of people like shit but the way that you know he was just so himself and he didn't stop those like people saying he was like a kind of shitty dude he just went back and did so much more and he achieved his dreams and for that it's sick like he there's stories he's got a daughter and he knocked up this woman on a one-night stand and she kept the baby and he was like I want nothing to do with this child's life. I'm never staying in the picture. That's the situation. So he walked away. Comes she turns eighteen, and he kind of feels bad. And so he gives her her own wing of the museum, and she's got there's a wall. There's a wall of vaginas in the museum and mm-hmm. it's like kind of a take on like every vagina is different and if you press one of them it's a secret door that goes into her own passage she has like an own mansion and she can walk into this multi-million dollar museum like it's crazy and so then he did like a lot of good stuff he took care of his baby mama and like it's just wild like he's thinking is so wild he's so straightforward and a businessman and he's an art, I love art I'm an art collector myself well I'm trying to leave got like two pieces but um yeah he's just everything about him is just like so suave and himself and like he just like does the right thing but like he doesn't go about it necessarily the right way but see him in the street and you'll be like hey dave what's up he'd literally be like fuck you don't talk to me like i don't want anything to do with you and he just is not afraid of doing it he's like my time is money and money is important and that is my time he's like i just he just is so himself
0: Uh, another one of your role models is jane fonda i don't know much about jane fonda she's like i was just thinking about this it's like someone who again is a household name i don't feel like i've watched her in that many things i don't feel like i like know her and her life very well. So yeah, I'm really intrigued to understand why she's a role model to you.
1: Totally, so Jane Fonda, I mean like first and foremost, I like, guess she's an actress, but okay, I, ha- I met her once. I met her in Cannes the year that we were there. So oh, I sure. had to, like- get...
0: actually, everyone yeah. meets famous people in Cannes and I am nowhere to be seen. Like where am You've I, never why met... am I
1: not I think my top three list from Cannes that year was that I met Jane Fonda, I met Spike Lee and I also met um, Adam Driver like that was my year like that was my year in Khan it was the best she's an activist and she's like this um environmental activist she did like a stint in jail and made it look like the sexiest thing ever like overnight in New York City she's like a huge like human rights activist like she did a lot like it was sort of like in New York around different like race wars and stuff like that she just cares about so much and she's not gonna like let anyone tell her different. um she's old now she's like really old and she only recently got like arrested again like last year during the black lives matter protests in um new york and she's out there and she's like honestly and she's done so much with so many different charities and she's helped so many people out and um she's also just like a sick woman and i think like she's read a lot of books but like she goes about things her own way so like she's like this glitz and glamorous like hollywood actress and like you know she's getting into her like later years now but like she always is so childlike and like she's always just so playful and she's always just like doing the things that make her happy. And I think it's really important to like, when you meet people, if they have like a set moral compass and views on something, I think that's really special because they won't divert from that. Mm. And it's like, I've met people in the past, right? Like you could say my shitty roommates, where their moral compass was always tipping. It's like, be a good person, but we're going to make you feel like crap. Yeah. Or it's like, we're going to do this. And if you don't do that, then, you know, you're the problem. Whereas it's like Jane Fonda comes in and she was like, these are my set beliefs. This is what I do. You can do you. If you do something wrong, I'll call you out because that's what a real friend would do. Yeah. But she's just so on the game. And she just believes in everyone else and herself. And I think she's just a really good person. Like, I don't think she would ever fuck up. And I just imagine she has the best style <laughs> and like the best home decor. And I just like, I feel like if I'm 70 years old, I would love to be Jane Fonda because... She just has aged so well.
0: Yeah, she is actually, I mean, I didn't yeah. know half of those things about her, but that is actually so sick. Do you She's know what she got arrested so well. for when she was younger?
1: I think it was because she helped out in, Um, I think it was like, not that I really know my history lessons very, very well, but like during like the, like, like the Black Panther era, And like all like the human rights activists, like back in the day, she like housed a lot of them and let them live with her. Like all these like African-Americans and stuff like that. And so then she was like in trouble for that. Yeah, it's like wild, like her story is wild. And so she was doing all of that and then again recently I think she like threw something at a cop in New York and got like arrested and there's this like remarkable photo where she's zip tied she's like zip tied and she's like got war paint on and she's like giving her middle finger it's like the paparazzi that are just arresting like grandma Jane Fonda now.
0: One of the last things I asked um is about adulthood and womanhood and you had some really interesting um answers to this that I would love for you to talk about a little bit so what does womanhood mean to you at this point in your life
1: I think like womanhood I had to actually google what womanhood was because I got really confused I was like womanhood I think it's just like if the first thing that springs to mind is like strength within yourself mm. because again like like heart, like the conversations that we've had today it's like well, conversations that we've had today it's been like that it's really hard to know who you are and like in the being 20 something and being in a time in your life where you're so uncertain it's really hard to build that confidence and go this is where i want to be and so it's like finding strength within yourself i guess like trusting your gut and like i think it's you know being a woman is like very hard but like also be empathetic to people because, you know, we should all, girls should look out for girls. Women should look after women. And I think humans need to look after each other.
0: Um, as we are wrapping up the podcast, I've had the best time ever, but as we are wrapping up, um, there are two things that I ask my guests at the end of every episode, one of which being, what is the thing that you feel the most uncertain about right now, right this second?
1: Oh, the most uncertain thing I feel about right now. Oh my gosh, there's probably so much, to be honest. It's my car, outside my house I don't know if this is fair and like probably not like the most profound answer but I just can't be bothered buying a parking permit and I know that in the last month I've had two parking bills go to my mother's house and I'm in trouble and I did it again this weekend and I know that there's going to be a $70 fine waiting for me and I'm so uncertain about that because I think once you get a few they start taking points off your license
0: so oh, see sure. you know, I don't
1: have it I don't I don't have it all together I'm a liar I don't have it all together so I feel really uncertain about that
0: and what's the thing yeah. that you feel the most certain about right now
1: the most I feel really certain about I feel really certain about this house because I think what's really important to me is I've just moved into stay I've just moved into a huge big new situation but I bought this I wasn't buy it, I'm renting off like a listing I saw online and I was so scared but this house just is like so me it's vibey it's bright it's wonderful and I think it's the best new place to set up a new home in a new city and I just feel so comfortable here And so I just feel certain that anything that goes on in here, I just feel so at home by myself and I feel safe and I love it. Like I love this rental property. I just never want to leave it. I'm so certain that I want to sign another lease. I just hope my landlord lets me because it's great. (laughs) Yeah. I feel so certain about that. I love it. I
0: mean, I can only see a very narrow vision, but what I can see, Oh, looks amazing. You've just, I've just shown
1: Karis my little thing. I've got like a Barbie. It like goes around the corner, like for, the people that are listening it goes around the corner and my whole kitchen is pink and it's like very like French style like I open up my windows and it's like oh, beautiful so like garden good. and stuff and so it's like my little Barbie dream home and so it's like perfect for me it's yeah it looks small oh, in this like zoom chat good. but like it's stunning yeah it's like a heaven I come home and I'm just zen and relaxed and so oh, I'm awesome. certain that I just I'm happy here yeah
0: oh amazing oh such a nice way to end the podcast Hannah it has been the ultimate pleasure to have you on thank you so much I've loved every second oh so thank
1: you for having me and like congratulations on the podcast I love watching and keeping up with you from my little land down under it's good
0: oh thank you thank you no this has been so amazing and uh this has been the uncertainties thank you so much we'll be back with a new episode very soon bye